This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, it is now 7.16 in the morning. I'm Chuang, joined by Sharitz and Joyce Goh. It is time to look at some of the political headlines. And we know that earlier this week, news broke of seven former UMNO MPs jumping ship to Pati Pribumi Basatu Malaysia. Basatu, of course, this move drew criticism from both sides, uh, Pakatan and Farim Barisan, saying that it could be problematic for Pakatan moving forward. However, uh, Basatu Chairman Tun Mahathir said the party has done its due diligence, has accepted the new MPs, and added that their membership does not grant them any form of protection from past misdeeds. So the f- seven former names include... Yes, so, so the seven former UMNO MPs that you referred to, they, they include uh, two former ministers or deputy ministers. Uh, he, he, uh, he is uh, Datuk Sri Hamza Zainuddin, an MP from who was also a former domestic trade cooperatives and consumerism minister. And uh, there's also Dr. Abdul Latif Amma, who's MP Missing, former deputy health minister. Now, uh, would note that there are also two other former Amano ministers who had previously joined uh, RP, um, but uh, PPBM, the, that is the former international trade and uni- uh, industry minister Jel, uh, from Jili, Datuk Sri Mustafa Mohammed, and also Bagan Sarai uh, with Datuk Mohammed Azbi Ghazali. So that makes it nine total. Well, with the seven new faces, uh, Pati Pribumi now increased to has now increased to twenty two seats in Parliament from the initial thirteen seats it had won in G fourteen. So to get an insight into the implications of Pati uh, Pribumi Basatu accepting these former Amno MPs, we spoke to Amir Farid. The Director of Strategy at KRA Group, and we asked him how damaging he thinks this move is by Bazatu. While party hopping and switching parties are not illegal in Malaysia, there are clear um, ethical issues and concerns with such moves. Uh, surely the credibility of PPBM uh, has come to question, uh, and as, because they are part of a ruling coalition, Pakatan Harapan, which promised reform and was staunchly opposed to the BN, of which uh, AMNO was its linchpins, um, AMNO's way of running the country. Um, however, it goes to show that uh, with this move, PPBM is more concerned about meeting the challenges of the current political realities. Um, and in that sense, you can say they are a more pragmatic rather than idealistic party. We then asked him what exactly does PPBM gain from admitting party hoppers into their fold? Uh, this latest move um, elevates PPBM's position from a small party to a mid-sized party with um, 22 MPs, if I'm not mistaken, vis-a-vis PKR with 50, DAP 42, definitely making PPBM a step closer towards cementing the notion of replacing and uh, displacing AMNO. Uh, PPBM has gone ahead with this expansion of MPs despite the caution placed by other leaders of component parties in PH previously. Yeah? This seemingly lack of consensus on this issue highlights the fact that as chairman of Pakatan Harapan and Prime Minister, Tun Dr. Made has the ultimate power to run the coalition however he sees fit. But then again, Tun Dr. Mahathir has also uh, repeatedly said such moves will pave the way for the government um, to have a two-third majority in the Dewan Rakyat, which then brings about easier implementation of reforms. Um, it needs to be reminded uh, as well that Tun Dr. Mahathir, uh, in his previous stints as, uh, stint as a minister, has always governed with a two-third majority control of Dewan Rakyat. Having said that, let us also not forget that uh, PPBM is not the only party that has considered incorporating former AMNO MPs. 
Uh, Mat Sabu, uh, the president of PAN, defense minister, also had previously publicly announced that he would welcome party hoppers uh, despite the backdrop of, uh, against the backdrop of protests uh, by his fellow coalition partners early on. Now, with uh, two former cabinet ministers amongst the AMNO MPs who jumped over, we asked Amir if he thinks that uh, PPBM will get them to help out the current administration, given that most of them are somewhat green to their ministerial tasks. Well, uh, firstly, if you look at this latest list of party-hopping MPs, yes, uh, some have experience uh, in the executive branch of um, in the executive branch in government, yeah. But then again, uh, they were not senior ministers um, or a minister who particularly stood out uh, for this good and strong performance uh, previously. Um, yes, there will be some form of value-added experience which they can share uh, with these greenhorn ministers in the new government, uh, but um, political realities will dictate otherwise. Uh, however, more importantly, um, I think that we need to look at the list list closely and you will know that these MPs um, are seasoned politicians and they have uh, experience in, in grassroots issues and, grassroots, and have grassroots support. Therefore, they can be of more help to PPBM in establishing a stronger grassroots base politically. So it's more of help uh, assisting PPBM boost their their political uh, coverage rather than assistance in um, governing. Now, the other interesting point here is how Datuk Rosal Wahid, who holds the Hulu Tringanu seat in Tringanu, is now the only Pakistan MP within a past control state. We asked Amir if he thinks this could be uh, Basatu's opportunity to dip its foot in the said state. Yes, PPBM sees the potential to expand um, its network and coverage in Tringanu. And Tringanu, um, in the 1990s, and 2018 uh, election is always seen as the barometer of uh, Malay votes. And of course, in these both two cases, in 99 and 2018, when the Malay votes were fractured, um, it switched, the state switched hand from BN uh, then to pass. Uh, definitely Dr. Russell's experience uh, in AMNO um, and his grassroots uh, reach can assist PPBM in building up a base in Tranganu. Uh, in time for potentially the ready for the next uh, general election. Amir mentioned earlier that even Amana President Mat Sabu has come out to say that it was more important to strengthen support among the Malays in Peninsular Malaysia, hence this move to take in former AMNO MPs. We asked Amir if this could backfire against them. There is a preoccupation with expanding the Malay support base by the current PH administration. Uh, while it is understandable, it needs also to be reminded that PH Malay share was only slightly less than 30% in GE14. Only after the anti-ISIT rally, the PH government has realised that it needs to boost its support on the Malay front in order to ensure stability uh, in governing. Therefore, inclusion of AMNO MPs will uh, boost, um, as I said earlier, it, it does, in terms of, it will boost PPBM's claim that it is the party for the for the Malays by virtue of having sizable number of MPs. And that is speaking purely in terms of prestige. But in terms of where uh, it, 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 it can help is more importantly on the operational front, as I said earlier, these ex-AMNO MPs will be able to bring their wealth of experience in, experience in managing grassroots to the benefit of PPBM and potentially Pakatan Harapan. But then again, the move, as um, whether or not it can backfire, 
one obvious thing is is bringing in uh, bad habits um, and all ways of doing things, and this can only get more um, rampant if it is not uh, properly properly controlled uh, and checked against within. Klaus Amir Farid, the Director of Strategy within the KRA Group. And I think what is more interesting is this whole Samanier battle that's coming up. Um, I've got this um, op-ed by Jocelyn Tan in the Star. She points out that Samanier is really a test of the Malay heartland and the Malay sentiment for both opposing coalitions. And it's um, seats where there's 68% Malay majority. So it will really be a test. And um, points out also that one of the crossovers, Dr. Sri Al-Iqmal, uh, is known as a Tauke MP, uh, Tauke AP. He's got a string of concessions and is a uh, one-time I'm no crony businessman, but you know he's one of those people that has very strong connections to the heartland. Also pointing out that in another of the crossovers, Dr. Shabudin Yaya is famous for perhaps the wrong things. He advocates that rape victims can marry their rapists, but of course points out that Samanir is a place where uh, the real concern really is the cost of living. And of course, um, we know, right, um, the heat is on. Uh, so many by-elections, if we're talking about the, pol- the political uh, uh, discussion right now, nomination day happens this Saturday, election on March the 2nd. It is to be held because of the death of the former assemblyman, Bakhtia Muhammad Noor, who was a Basatu man. He passed away January 11th, our condolences. But it is um, where the current uh, narrative right now lies. Yes, uh, so this seat has been held by Barisan Nas- National previously, until the last election in 2018. Now, uh, Parti Socialist Malaysia has uh, picked youth uh, member Nick Aziz Afik Abdul uh, to be its candidate for the by-election, while uh, Pakatan Harapan from PPBM and uh, BN AMNO will be announcing their candidates today. Gerakan, uh, they've shown interest in this by-election, uh, but has yet to make a firm decision. Should they decide to come in, the election, uh, by-election will likely be a four-cornered fight. So who is uh, Nick Aziz here? Nick Aziz is a local activist who is also an entrepreneur who runs a reflexology centre in Semani Central. And uh, Nick Aziz was named after Pass's late spiritual leader, Nick Abdul Aziz Nikmat, and sees the leader as his idol. And um, Nick Aziz said uh, uh, PSM wanted to provide a check and balance in the Slango State Assembly, which is dominated by Pakatan Harapan. I understand he's a, also a traditional um, masseur, uh, right, who, who dispenses. Uh, not the, the Thai version, but obviously the Malay local version, which is, um, I guess, um, puts you in touch with the local folks, right? That's right. Um, the style to look at the by-election, by of course, I'm reading Jocelyn Tan's op-ed, uh, points out that uh, the Samani hinterland is still largely Malay villages, but a big part of it has become quite urbanised, crisscrossed by tolled highways. As such, the government's failures, the scrap highway tolls, as promised, has not gone down well with the local we know that the Samania seat was until 2018 March uh, held by Barisa National. And then Basatu took it in the last elections. So now we are wondering whether the sentiment really has stayed with Pakistan or whether it's going to snap back to Barisan. Yeah, and uh, also with, uh, with regards to Pasna, they will be making way for Amno to contest in the by-election. Though it's said that Amno should feel a fresh face with uh, no baggage. Past Deputy Information Chief Roslan Shahir, and uh, he said that in the last election they got around 7,000 votes and would deliver, uh, would deliver those votes again. And the hint of the past pres- uh, presence in Semenye lies in the mosque in Surau, which uh, Pas and Amno jointly controlling all 11 mosques in the area and 19 out of the 20 Suraus. Speaking about Pas, there's some news there, right, Chuang, on that? In a Facebook post yesterday, uh, party leader Nick Abdul Nick Abdulaziz and son of the late past leader Nick Abdul 
Aziz Nigmat revealed that he wanted to come clean on an audio recording that came out last year of him admitting to past receiving funds from AMNO, but past parties' leaders felt otherwise since the last general election was around the corner. Yeah, interesting. So apparently, um, he referred to several party leaders who understood the issue well. They decided that he should deny the recording, which uh, fiercely refused and objected, but they insisted. Um, so, of course, by way of background, this recording with Nick Abdul's voice revealed that past leaders, including himself and his late father, and even Hadi, had received money from Amno. Of course, uh, this, in a way, is some affirmation of the Sarawak Report uh, article, which suggests that Pass and Amno have become partners um, by way of financial considerations. Yeah, and uh, in in his, so this is that this was done through his Facebook posting yesterday, where he said that he always maintained that he would tell the truth under three conditions, namely that if he was told to do so by Pass in a court of law, or he was investigated by the police of uh, or NMECC. Okay, we're going to be coming back with a few minutes with some international news headlines. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.